This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Hey guys, this is Jeff Lopod. I just wanted to call and leave you a message to make sure you got my email about French President Francois Hollande and about how you got that wrong, because I know something you don't know, and that's really important to me that you know that. So just wanted to make sure you got that. I sent two, just so you make sure you get them. And uh, I know I might send you an email just to make sure that you check your voicemail. Um, uh, Tell you what, I'll I'll wait like 10 more minutes before I send that. Okay, glory hole. Bye. Hey, Thomas Cecil. I'm listening to your show with uh, Alex Jones and Ted Nugent, and I just got to say that I spent a lot of time in the military, um, 16 years, and I would have spent longer if I hadn't been medically discharged. Um, Ted Nugent was universally hated amongst people that knew his history. That draft-dodging motherfucker wraps himself in a flag and says all this bullshit now and nobody that knows his history in the military has any respect for that asshole. Glory hole, motherfuckers. Hey guys, this is Desert Dave down in San Antonio. I just wanted to tell you, I was uh, privileged to sit in the studio uh, dogma debate as a, an observer, a four-person observer when you guys were on and fuck me, god damn it double glory hole up the ass sideways and glory holes on top of it. That was the absolute funniest fucking session I ever heard in my life. It was right up there when you and uh, the uh, Scathing Atheist guys get together. If I'd have been driving, I would have had to stop my car. But uh, if you could have seen us in studio, we were all just pissing our pants with laughter that whole session. And I wanted to thank you guys for being on and for helping raise the money and doing all the stuff. You fucking rock. Glory hole doesn't even begin to say it. We'd have to have like a swimming pool size one or a room with 150 in them or something to make it work. But anyway, I love you guys and I just wanted to tell you, you fucking rock. Glory hole. Bye. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is a welcome mat now available for pre-order. This is episode 267 of Cognitive Distance, I think. Yeah, I feel so like that's, that's a thing. 67, yeah. sure. Yeah, right around there. Anyway, we've got David Smalley from uh, Dogma Debate on our program today. Uh, we recently raised almost the most money, <laughs> nearly. Um, it was difficult to, to get David Smalley on. Uh, we bumped him a couple of times, you know, just because Turnabout is fair play. But uh, he, he was able to make it to our program last minute. So thank you, David, for joining I, us. I'm I'm sorry. I th- I thought you I thought you were Noah. 
I didn't oh. realize. I didn't realize. I, I'm sorry. I guys, no. I gotta go. I, 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 <laughs> we can hardly blame you. Actually. Yeah. I, so 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 the dulcet tones of my voice did not give me away immediately when when I began. No, I don't. I don't have the rich, deep baritone of. Uh, no illusions. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. I, 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 I thought Noah was kind of in the Walmart practice of hiring special needs people to greet those that were oh! coming to the show. So wow. I, I, I thought that's what was happening there. I feel like that's a shot across the bow of the special needs, actually. That's <laughs> a little rough. I know. Oh, yeah, I'm wow. totally insulting them. Yeah. 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 Man, that's, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't feel bad for me. I feel bad for those guys. This is going to fucking band together. We are not like Tom. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> Hey, am I am I allowed am I allowed to swear on this no, program? No, you're actually no. required to swear. And before you do, though, I'm gonna need a glory hole from you. <laughs> 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 but but not just hold on, hold on, not just any glory hole. I want one from the heart. I want a glory hole <clears throat> that says these guys raised five thousand dollars for look, me. <laughs> look. It, Anybody that knows David Smalley, and you can mark this down in your little <laughs> science books, knows that David Smalley only does glory holes for charity. Wow. Wow. He's a non-for-profit glory holer. Oh, wow. Man. How do you how do you get audited for that? I wonder. It's interesting. It's a 501c3 glory hole. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> well, you know, all kidding aside, David, congratulations. You know, oh, yeah, uh, $50,000 was what you raised. Now, Todd Stiefel, everybody's talking about who raised the most money, <laughs> raised the most money. <laughs> that motherfucker dropped 50, 50 G on that. Yeah, so Todd Stiefel basically stepped on all of our necks basically throughout that entire thing. But, um, but great work on your part facilitating all that. I mean, truly, uh, getting all those people together. Uh, on short notice to uh, to to do all that for the Secular Student Alliance was really great work, and we want to. If I had an applause thing, I would applause you right now, but <laughs> I don't have one of those special things. So, <laughs> I come Drop with my of own a applause. Fucking I come with my own applause, gentlemen. Yeah. yeah. I, wow. So well, someone's got to. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I don't. Hey, I don't fuck around. Listen. Uh, <clears throat> so so look. You know what? Yes, you know, I, I, I scheduled the folks, um, and I think I hosted 19 out of the 24 hours. Aside from that, <clears throat> there were so many people that worked their asses off on this thing, and, and man, you, you guys, I mean, we, we bump heads a lot on air, and I love that. I love that about our relationship, uh, but you guys are so generous. Every time you come on, you, you bring the energy. I mean, I, I loved having you at 7 p.m. I, I need you at like 4 a.m. to keep me awake. Yeah. Um, it's, it's great having you guys on. It's always a lot of fun, uh, and, and your, your listeners, man, are, are some of the most loyal uh, fun people uh, that just love to torture me. I mean, I mean, I, I, mean I, I feel like every time we talk, I'm in like this 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 audio dunk tank, right? That's what it kind of feels like to me, right? Uh, but but I love it, man. I mean, you know, everybody has a good time when you guys are on, and it's you know, usually whenever you hang up, every just everyone just kind of looks around the studio and goes, "God, that was only an hour." Like, that is, <laughs> <laughs> it is so intense every time, but but it's it, it's a lot of fun. And you know what, um, Todd? You know, last year whenever we did this, Todd came in and actually donated ten thousand dollars of his own money. Yeah, I remember that? Yeah. That was awesome. And so that's what that's kind of you know, like you said, putting all the jokes aside and kind of putting our serious pants on for a second. That's kind of what I was hoping, right? That he would come in and, and help us get to that forty thousand. And so I was hoping, you know, because if look, if, if you take away Todd's ten thousand. 
and you take away the twenty thousand match that happened, that means collective. That means collectively, we raised about twenty one thousand together last year. And and talking with the Secular Student Alliance, their goal, their gap was forty thousand. So we effectively had to double what we did last year, which was already this monumental feat of everybody coming together and raising twenty one thousand plus Todd's ten plus the twenty thousand match is how we got to the fifty one. So I was really kind of hoping Todd would would come in and be like, okay, you know, I'll I'll drop twenty during my segment, and you guys can do what you did last year, right? That's kind of what I was hoping is to raise about forty one to meet that forty thousand goal. Todd did two things that scared the hell out of me. Not only did he ask us to bump our goal up by ten thousand dollars and move it to fifty, he said, "I'm not even putting into this until you're done." Yeah, right. So we had to do the fifty without Todd. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah. And, and that's that's that scared the hell out of me. Like I was like when, when he did that, I thought, OK, Todd's Todd's probably pushed me too far this year. I'd really don't want to look like a failure here. Um, and you know what? Thanks to thanks to folks like you and Noah and Faisal and so many other people. Matt Dillon, he did his own match. I mean, everybody just stepped up, man. And, and I think. Um, when we stopped counting, we were at 55,000 and then we went and took a nap, which I don't know if you've ever stayed up 24 hours in a row. You can't sleep eight hours after that. There's something in your body that pops up at four and a half hours that you just have to be awake for a little bit. And I, I, I slept for like four and a half hours, popped back awake and we had raised another thousand dollars somehow. So, uh, the final total was fifty six thousand two hundred something, and and, and Todd Todd did his fifty thousand match. So, ultimately, uh, and and large think you know in large part to you guys, uh, we raised a hundred and six thousand dollars for secular student loans. That's so awesome. That's great. It's, yeah. a, it's amazing. Yeah. And it's and it's you know uh, we can barely take any credit for that. I mean we no. we we donated no. we donated the money that we donated that came to us was from our pra- patrons, right? So any of the money that we donated was from patrons, uh, the generosity of the of our listeners. And then the listeners, they listened to us and donated through that. And, and you know, it's so amazing to see so many different people come together. How many donors were there in the final bit? Do you know that number? I, I do. Uh, last year, there were 313, and this year, there were about 525. Yeah, man, that's, that's, a, that's just yeah. tremendous that's growth and the generosity. And, the- and, here's the, and here's an interesting yeah. fact about this. Uh, we actually had about the same number of listeners. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's so that got that, kind that of, much more engagement. Right. That's right. Tremendous. As a matter of fact, if, if the numbers are accurate, and sometimes, you know, with, I mean, you, you guys are on Libsyn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah we're on Spreaker. As you know, sometimes they, you know, the, the numbers are, are pretty accurate, but you, you never know by 500 sure. or so, 600. Um, if the numbers are, are actually accurate, which I don't know, you're talking, we had about 900 less listeners this year, which makes wow. no sense that we would have almost double the donors, right? So something is either really wrong with the with the stats there or people were really much more inspired to give this year. I just think like you know you were trying to raise 40 to cover the gap for Secular Student Alliance and now here right. you walk in $66,000 heavy into 50, the game. Oh right, right, yeah. Right? You know cuz yep. you're you're going for 40 you hit sure. 106. So right. You know, that's think about what it, have you talked to them at all about about how they plan to use this, or were they just flabbergasted at at being able to make up such a massive difference? Um, August, the executive director, all he said was, "Fuck it, I'm going to Vegas." <laughs> I don't think I don't think I'm going to do anything worthy. I of would this like money all my all. donations back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
And by no, back, he... I mean a ticket to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, they uh, we, we asked them a couple of times because we had a few board members on throughout the 24-hour period. And essentially what they're doing with this money is is we're, all, we're, we're going to see the results of this money almost instantly. They're, they're going to take these funds and start spinning up new SSA groups. They're going to be able to get people their packets faster when they request to join a group. They're going to uh, get flyers, um, pamphlets, uh, the Ask an Atheist stuff, the tabling materials. That's what all of this money is going toward. It's going back to the high schools and the colleges who have these SSA events, the Ask an Atheist events. This is going right back out into the community. When we think SSA, we think tables, we think at, you know answering questions right. uh, in college campuses, and that's exactly where this money is going. It's it's really easy to get people behind the, uh, a charity like that. You know, one of the things that uh, that Tom and I wanted to do this year when we when we gave to Doctors Without Borders was we wanted to not only help Secular Student Alliance, and we gave some of our money to them, and we helped raise for them. <laughs> we also wanted to give to Doctors Without Borders too. We wanted to give something right away to people, but then there's another thought that went through our head, which is we'd love to raise money for future humanists. We'd like to get more people that are going to be humanists in the future that we're going to plant that seed. You know, the, the prosperity people talk about this all the time, yep. right? That seed yep. gospel, right? You're planting a seed, you're planting seed. There's nothing in the in the in the charity world like this. We're planting seeds on the next humanists out there that are going to go out there and do good in the world. Yep, absolutely. That's that was my driving force behind this, and I said this a couple of times. I don't think I had a chance to talk much during your segment, but <laughs> I uh, hope not. I, we, I remember we tried like hell. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, David, I when 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 we hit the go live button, I wanted to make sure you couldn't get a fucking word. <laughs> in. I was trying to. I I thought to myself. Hit go! I'm gonna roll over the top of this shit like a fucking steamroller, <laughs> for no other reason than that shit cracks me up. I will say this: I watched the video of it. The video's up, and you could just see he's getting madder. And madder. <laughs> time goes on. We love you though, really. Okay, well this time I'm gonna get it out. Um, so anyone, anyone who wants to know more about the company actually behind what we do is secularmediagroup.com. We have our corporate site there, and clearly on the About page, it says that our mission is to cultivate a secular society through entertainment and public education to eradicate discrimination. Well, if, if the first line of our mission is to cultivate a secular society, what better way to do that than to, to build a platform and to make sure future humanists have a, a support structure? Yeah. And, and that's why it was so easy for us to get behind the Secular Student Alliance. I absolutely love what they do. And, and we've missed each other a couple of times. You know, we uh, th we reached out to them earlier in the year and said, hey, we'd like to do a fundraiser with you guys. And they were like, well, we have a huge thing going on already. And we were like, okay. Well, then they came back to us around, I think, July and said, okay, we're ready to do something. And we were in the middle of raising money for someone else. And we said, oh, we can't do two fundraisers at the same time. So around the time you guys emailed me, I had been trying to get back in touch with the SSA and I hadn't got a response yet. So this thing almost didn't happen, as crazy as it sounds. And so uh, right after I heard from you, I sent another email. I think it was my third or fourth one. And uh, it ended up finally reaching reaching August and we got on the phone and, and hashed everything out. So that, that's kind of how it all came together. You know, all, all joking aside, too, like it can't all be dick jokes. I mean, it should be 97.5% dick jokes. Yeah. But like the dick jokes have to have a purpose. Like they've got to got they've got to have a reservoir tip. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you gotta have you gotta have something at the end of that thing. Let me let me just sure. give you guys let, let me give you guys a little bit of satisfaction that you don't deserve. Are you ready for okay. this? Yes. <laughs> you know what, David Smalley, 
any satisfaction I receive, I don't deserve <laughs> and, and often have to pay for. <laughs> well, if you go watch the very last video, it's it'll say something about 24-hour broadcast for Secular Student Alert or for SSA Part 4. Um, at the very end of it, we closed out the show, we ended the show, and I don't know if you're familiar with Dogma Debate, what we do is we go off air after our four-hour broadcast-a-thon every week. I think it's and, a podcast-a-thon, isn't it? Mm, almost. Um, and, then we, and then what we do is we, we, we go off air, and then we stick around on video, and we do an after-show for our members at login.dogmadebate.com. So we, we add extra content. We finished the 24-hour broadcast, and just as we went off air, people in our chat room at our member site were screaming for an after-show. After t- after, after the twenty four hours, after twenty four hours, hours they were they were in all caps after show after show, and so I said, "Look, I'll unmute all the all the mics and let's just let them hear us do our group picture in front of the Dogma Debate logo on the wall." I would just think it would be just a giant collective release of gas after twenty four <laughs> hours. It's like I have been holding this in for so long. No, I think all the gas got released during your segment. <laughs> Nicely done, sir. But here's the thing. So we unmute the mics, and we're all sitting around talking, and and Alex comes over and shows my 11-year-old daughter how to work the camera. He's like, push this button, hold it. It's a very sophisticated camera. He's like, hold. It's on a tripod. So we all get lined up, and if you watch that video, you will hear in the background, she's just off camera, about to take the picture. My 11-year-old daughter says, is everybody ready? We say, yeah. She says, on the count of three, say glory hole. Oh, Oh, my God, we ruined her. Oh, God bless America. Oh, I yeah. feel like I got my the hand over my did. heart right now. The, the two of you did that to my 11-year-old. I, I, I had to say, I had to say, uh, please don't say glory hole. And don't, she say, goes, don't say that around Nana. She's like, well, well, what does that mean? And I'm like, I'll tell you in a little it while. And by a little while, I mean like 12 years. It means, it, it means when, everybody's when, happy. I'll tell you when you're 37. That's what it means. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. As members of the community, we can't appreciate you more. We think it's great stuff that yeah. you do for real. We, we really do, or we wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, Cecil yeah. and I have a lot of competing things for our time. Um, and, and frankly, for, for our dollars, for, our, for our, uh, 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 the dollars that we choose to uh, uh, spend on the charity causes that we think are really important and, and what we try to drive our listeners toward. Um, and if we didn't think that this was genuinely worthwhile we would not be willing to promote it um the way that we've promoted it we wouldn't ask our listeners to come over and take a listen and 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 we are glad that you're the voice one of the voices in the community looking to aggregate some of the other voices and say look guys i mean let's do some good together um and i i think collectively we've done more than any of us could have done individually yeah absolutely you know and and bullshit aside i'm grateful to you for that so thank you well, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm grateful to you guys as well. And, and you know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that, look, every time something happens where w- w- we're getting down to the wire and, and we're getting really close to not making that goal, I start coming up with ideas. I'm like, hey, guys, we have 40 shirts uh, left over from the last conference. Let's sign a bunch of shirts. We're giving out shirts right now. 25 bucks. We'll sign shirts and send them to you. The people behind the scenes in, in the secular media group staff, the Dogma Debate staff, 
you should see the notes after this because they have to track all of this stuff and then go back and figure out who gets what. But man, this staff works so hard to make this happen. Anytime they get frustrated and we're like, where the hell does this fucking book go? You know, I, I just I walk in and go, hey, we raised $106,000 yeah. for the Secular Student Alliance. Yeah. It's, it's all for a good cause, trust me. So we have, hey, we have 48 people on staff with Secular 48 Media 48 people? Group. 48 people, and every one of them are here We have uh, by volunteer. Yeah. <laughs> what? 48 people? 48. 25 or 30 of them are listed on the secularmediagroup.com site, uh, and then we have a, a bunch the other of research. Ones fuck the other ones. <laughs> well, they're, well they're, they, they come in and out so fast. They're research assistants. They'll work on one project, and then we don't want to get people burnt out, so we... That's we, how it is know. at Glory Holes, too, is they come in and out so fast right. that we just, just, you know, we just don't put them on the website. You, you don't even get a name, yeah. you know? You just get just a anonymous. For a good You're time. just anonymous, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was nice. That was... That's applause worthy, fellas. That's applause worthy. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really fortunate that you guys joined us to do that. I mean, you know, and whatever whatever bet you had with Noah, man, you guys kicked his ass into gear. That dude stepped yeah. it up. He was well, terrified. He got, one, he got one dude that threw five G's at him. Like that's amazing. Like that's yeah. talk about generosity of listeners. Talk about right. like just the engagement of an audience. Yeah. You put, you know, I I gotta tell you, like Cecil and I put this show together, and we put this show together because we just like goofing around we like laughing we like hanging out together that's that's why we that's the thrust of why we began the show we began the show basically making jokes in the car driving to a menards i mean that was yeah. <laughs> that was kind of it and we're like what well, like we should record i'm like all right yeah I'll, I'll agree to almost anything and now we have this thing and it turns out like these people and and noah's people too and people from so many other shows seth's people and and otherwise they just connect, like, and it's not. Maybe they don't connect with my show. Maybe they connect with yours, which is totally different. And I don't understand that, but still, they connect <laughs> clearly. <laughs> they connect clearly with something, and and it moves them in yeah. some way. Yeah. And yeah. and to to pretend that it's Cecil or or I or even the two of us combined. I mean, it's the listenership. Yeah. It's that engagement. Oh, it's that. It's those people out there who are listening to the show and saying, "Man, that's a great cause. I'm going to do something about yeah. that." Uh, it's it's awesome. It's awesome to be a part of it. I mean, we're Man, just you know what you, we're you not the drivers. Me, you you guys give me a lot of shit for being so straight on air, but let me just tell you, I, I don't cuss on my show. It doesn't mean I don't cuss. First of all, <laughs> uh, se secondly, uh, before I had the, the the audience I do now, I would always sign my emails anytime somebody would email, whether they were complaining or not. I would sign my emails. Thanks for listening, because without you, I'm just some asshole with a microphone. Right. That's right. actually how I signed right, every right. one of my emails, and and I had to stop when. You know, I was you know getting like professional contacts back and forth. I had to stop that. Not that you guys give a damn about that, but I don't want any uh, professional contacts if it means yeah, I have to I wear know. pants we, or something. We noticed. <laughs> We've noticed. Um, but yeah, so I you know that that's really still the way I feel though. You know, yeah. When you know we could have very awesome people like for example Stephanie Gatormson <laughs> comes on from the Richard Dawkins Foundation offers to give a, a Richard Dawkins signed book away for a thousand dollar donation. That's huge. That's awesome that people from Richard Dawkins Foundation want to help us reach our goal, but none of it would matter if some guy named George didn't go, I'll give $1,000 to right. SSA for right. that book. Yep. You know what I mean? That n None of this stuff matters if the listener base doesn't step up and, and support what's going on. So it's it's a beautiful thing to watch. And you know, at the end of this one, almost, almost look, at the end of last year, it, if you listen to the very last five minutes of it, I'm just... 
I'm, I'm, not just, I'm moved to tears. I can't even really talk without getting choked up. And I'm like, I can't believe we just did this. This year, as it was coming to an end, I was like, well, clearly this isn't going to happen. We did it. I feel good. This is amazing. And the second it hit, it all flooded back. And I was like, oh my God, we did it again. Yeah. yeah. I cannot believe how amazing these listeners are. And it's, you know, I'm just so thankful that everybody did it. And you know what? Funny enough, uh, last year when we finished, we said, are we going to do this next year? And we were like, we have no idea. And we didn't make up our minds until like, what, October, November that we were going to do it this year. It was very last minute. This year, I've already had my chief strategy officer over here. We're already building the planning committee to do this next year. And we don't know what charity it's going to be. We don't know what the goal is going to be, but we're already throwing around names and we're already throwing around possible amounts that we want to get to. Uh, we're definitely going to be a lot more structured in the giveaway section. Uh, we have, we're going to have dedicated people keeping track of each thing. We're going to be a hell of a lot more organized and we would love to have you guys in person. If you'd like to come to Dallas, only if we can host half of it. Oh, half. <laughs> Holy <laughs> half. 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 You hear me? He's like, there's no fucking way. There is no fucking way. No, you get you seven it. minutes. <laughs> I'll give you half of seven minutes. <laughs> I'm used to that. Yeah, so right? That's good. That's oh, my God. Good. I still won't fill your time. Yeah. yeah, I'd go to Dallas for that next year. Yeah, it sounds like a good time. I mean, he, Dallas is still in Texas, though, right? Yeah. We got to buy guns. We got to buy sidearms, oh, don't we? I think you just shoot them right in the air. Like, yeah. you just walk around like, boo, 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 boo. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to get one of those huge, like, Yosemite Sam hats. <laughs> That'll be just, amazing. We should go. And we should dress <laughs> as fucking crazy <laughs> down like, Cowboys and shit. Oh my god! It didn't take you long to ruin an idea. Yeah. Just, you just somebody throw something out, and both of you collectively I take will. a giant uh, shit right on it. You together. bet. You, you bet, David. 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 Thank you. That is exactly what we do. Um, we are going next year. I will tell you this much. I don't care if you have that shit on my fucking son's birthday. <laughs> I will. <laughs> oh, by the way, Cecil, I, I appreciate you agreeing to spread your mother's ashes another day. So <laughs> now, now you're giving me shit, but that was actually my mother's birthday, and she just did. She just died this year. Are you serious? I'm dead yeah, serious. It was that was that was birthday. my mom's birthday. Yeah. Oh yeah. my Real. god, I thought yeah. Tom was joking when he said that. <laughs> no, I hope you I, feel. I hope you feel appropriately shamed. So. <laughs> <laughs> You weren't really spreading the ashes, though. No, 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 no. I, no. I was just, up. I was just gonna stay home and eat my feelings, but you know, <laughs> instead, oh instead I recorded. What? Recorded this is the biggest a... bear trap ever, yeah. man. I'm sorry. That's Dude, it's so funny because <laughs> I've known Cecil for like 20 years. I had no idea it was his mom's birthday, man. Yeah. Like I just fucking made that shit up, trying to fuck Did you with really? you. Yeah, I, how do I know it's he his didn't mom's know. fucking He had no birthday. idea when I showed up that day. I said, oh, yeah. I said, it's actually really cool. We're giving away a lot of money today, and my it's my mom's birthday. And he's like, oh, you know, because she just died in August. Yeah. yeah. I had I have no idea what his mom's birthday. I don't know. my. I barely know my wife's birthday. It's Cecil's mom's birthday. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you fucking kidding me? Wow. It's yeah. outrageous. So I hope you feel appropriately bad for saying I can't remember I what That's episode fine. That's fine. Whatever, That's fine. Hey, whatever whatever appropriately bad feeling I'm supposed to feel, add about 15% to that. Okay. That's, I think, where I am. <laughs> so we'll be back with uh, David Smalley at the end of the program. He's going to talk a little bit about uh, GOP nominations, the, uh, the primaries that are going on, a little bit about a Democratic Party. And uh, and just a little bit about how he thinks uh, cognitive dissonance is his favorite show ever. Yeah, I was. I mean, it, it was it was interesting to hear him use the term podcastathon. Yeah, and glory hole. Uh, so. Well, so many glory holes. You're all sick. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, be nice. Oh, my son doesn't stand a chance. The whole world's gone gay. Oh, my God, what's happening now? We work hard. We play hard. So this story comes from Gay Star News. This Greek bishop wants Christians to spit on gay people. They are freaks of nature, says man in really weird hat with unbelievably epic beard. It's, it looks like Soramon. Dude, <laughs> this guy. Like he just made an orakai a few minutes ago. <laughs> right? Like a, he just, he's just pressing the white hand paint on all exactly. of his followers. <laughs> Look at that shit. This his, guy his, took fucking Movember seriously. <laughs> <laughs> his hat is awesome. It looks like a little chair. <laughs> it is, you do want to sit on that. It's, it's a awesome. hassock. It it's is basically awesome. a little ottoman. It's like it's like a sharp mushroom. So this guy reacted uh, to the parliament taking the first steps to legalize uh, same-sex marriage. Um, he didn't take this very well. He reacted by saying, spit on them. Blacken them. Blacken them. Blacken them. Like what? Like Creole style? Like put a bunch of, oh, you want a blackened shrimp or a blackened gay dude? Maybe he's talking about blackface? I don't know. Maybe he's looking for the black cock. Maybe oh, he's like, oh, all right. black cock. Uh, vote against them. They are not human. They are freaks of nature, mentally and spiritually sick. They are mentally insane. He said, whenever you see them, spit on them. Don't leave them in peace. They are dangerous. And I, I have to say, like, my fucking first thought was, like, this is how you treat the mentally ill? Yeah. Like, you are a, right. you if, are a religious if, figure. If we go by what your idea right. is, yeah. right? right? We're not saying that the gays are mentally no, ill. No, 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 no. But if we, if we even follow you down this garden path of crazy, <coughs> we're saying that these people... Are mentally ill and we should fucking hurt them. We should right. we should physically assault them right. by spitting on them and blackening them. Oh, whatever that yeah. means. Yeah. Sure. And and telling them that they're not human and that they're freaks of nature. Like, like a just... scantron test. You have to like <laughs> you have to fill them in. Don't color outside the lines yeah. though, because it might not count. Spit on them. Get a number two pencil <laughs> and fill them out in <laughs> orderly fashion. Like, wait, what? No, I don't. Where's my hassock head? I don't know what to say. What a fucking, like, just what a mean person. Like, I look at this and I just think, dude, you're just a fucking terrible, degenerate, mean-spirited shithead. And it's not necessarily saying that this is coming from the religion, but he's using the religion as a way in which to propagate it, right? Of so course. let's say, let's say that it's not, like, like, you make that argument, right? Be like, oh, well, you know, it doesn't say that in the thing that he's reading, and so it's not really the religion's fault. No, the religion is at fault here. Yes. The religion is at fault because he's using it as, he's a mouthpiece for the religion, number one, but then number two, he's using it to help convince other people to physically assault other humans that he disagrees with. Do you know what he looks like? Do you remember uh, Big Trouble in Little China? He does. He looks like that dude from Big Trouble in Little China. He Goodbye, also... Mr. Burton. <laughs> <laughs> he also looks like he could sell somebody a fucking mogwai at any time. <laughs> like... <laughs> If you just if you don't just, feed the gays after midnight, <laughs> don't feed them after midnight because then they have a party. No semen after yeah, midnight. No. That's a, they have a big dance party. But it's always after midnight. Shut up. <laughs> Stop being pedantic. I hate you. Podcasters, they live in squalor. 
destitute and disenfranchised, eking out an existence as best they can in such desolate places as Chicago. In pairs, but otherwise alone, they suffer from hunger and thirst, barely making it day to day on store brand chicken wings and weak domestic beer. But now you can help. For just a few dollars a podcast, pennies a day, you can give them the restaurant-style chicken wings and imported beer that they so desperately need. For less than the price of a cup of coffee, you can make a difference in their lives, allowing them the opportunity to rant unfettered, as nature intended. Please, go to patreon.com backslash distancepod. Day, make a pledge and help these poor innocent creatures lead a life worth living this story comes from uh, the Patheos blogs friendly atheist Christian preacher says he will soon release video evidence of raising people from the dead I would like to see evidence of this man uh, with some sort of fashion sense this guy's fingers are tattooed his fingers, dude. It says, what does it say? Jake and Elwood? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is this is Todd Bentley uh, talking about raising the dead. I wish we had a dead body we could pray for, but we don't. Why don't you just make one? I know, right? Like, what's the harm? Well, all you got to do is just, just smother him in your beard. Dude, do you remember that from a few years ago where they killed that guy on stage and then they were going to raise him up mm-hmm. and then he died? We covered this story maybe like two or three years ago somebody volunteered for it he was like a father of like fucking 17 kids it was in india or something what, they killed him and they killed him on stage and then he died because that's how killing people works <laughs> and, then, and then the dude was like well i'm gonna bring him back from the dead and then it didn't work because that's not how life works and, and he then it was like he pieced out of there he ran like, away he's like whoopsie yeah it's, uh, do you remember this I, vaguely oh it was amazing we cover so many horrible stories i can't remember any, i know every it was single amazing one. i wish we had a dead body we could pray for but we don't yeah it would have been something that happened <laughs> as opposed to just making it up saying shit out loud i'm made out of hang gliders whatever dude <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great illustration but i don't think anybody wants to sign up for that but if we had one, this would be great. I'd have Matt the altar under the sheet. We'd just be preaching. <laughs> I've done that, by the way. In Africa, I have a tent. I totally have a girl who lives in Niagara Falls. I had sex with her. I, put I my, know, man. I put my finger in her pussy once. <laughs> <laughs> right? When I was at camp, camp you don't know about. And anyway, anyway we when I was away last summer, when I wasn't actually away, I but got, you don't remember far back from right. the last summer, yeah. I actually... I, I, I touched her cooter. Yeah, my supermodel Canadian girlfriend gave me a fucking blowjob. And then I... Her boobs felt like bags of sand. And, <laughs> and then I ejaculated in her mother's face. <laughs> so they can bring the dead, put them in the tent while I'm preaching. So they don't stink in the sun. Yeah, that's a true literal story, by the way. 
What is God like? Oh, fuck, I totally messed up. The, the bearded guy wanted him alive. I messed up. I thought he wanted him dead, so I wound up deading him. <laughs> dead. and, then, and then there I go, this guy with the big beard and the sleeve tattoos and the Jake and Elwood on his knuckles. He said, hey, y'all, can you raise him on up? And I said, well, oh, golly, I didn't even think about that. I thought they wanted him dead. It, I, y'all, here's the thing y'all, y'all don't know, but it only works in Africa. I don't even know why. You know why? Because you can't check and say. Oh, you got to put them under the sheet, though. That I, way, that I, way, there's no funny business exactly, when it's under that's, the sheet. And that's why Penn and Teller do the same thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bullshit. It's just obfuscated. That's fucking awesome. Fucking shape. Does he saw him in half? Right. Too? <laughs> And then he, and then, the first, the first thing that comes out of their mouth, what, 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 is this your card? <laughs> He's like David Blading, <laughs> like peeling orange, and the fucking card is in the middle right. of it. He's uh, fucking levitating. Uh, then he fucking holds his breath for an hour. <laughs> He's in Africa. He's just like riding a water buffalo for 33 oh, hours God. or something. I actually have a raising the dead tent that I've used for 10 years in Africa. I also use it for the demon possessed because I figured the dead and the demon possessed could be in the same tent. Sure, fuck it. Why not? Who cares? <laughs> As well, you know what? Can fucking <laughs> made a, I'm not fucking. <laughs> tents don't just fucking travel to Africa themselves. What I do? That's the same thing I do in my wardrobe. I take all my winter coats and my sweaters <laughs> and I put them in one of those space bags. Right. So I totally understand what he's getting at. Look, man, I'm not going to fucking. It costs so much money to bring these fucking. Voodoo oh, tents to Africa. I'm God. not fucking bringing two. Zach, you know what I mean? No way I'm bringing two. Just fucking, you know, the demon. And look, if the demon possessed <laughs> complain, I'll fucking kill him, then raise him from the dead. Exactly. Fuck you. Exactly. Complain now, yeah. bitch. I actually put a sign on my tent called Dead Raising Tent. And people go, why do you have a tent called Dead Raising? I go, well, if I'm preaching in a city and anybody dies, I ask them to bring them to the meeting. We put them in the tent and we pray over them. And if nothing happens, we bury them. I said, give me two days. I mean, so if they're fresh, it's it, the closer they are to freshly dead, the easier they are to resurrect. Uh, you know, you don't want to send your, your dead a couple of days out to Miracle Max because then it can't create a big chocolate pill to <laughs> stuff down the throat. There's no way that Miracle Max will be able to put that pill in there. They only have to be mostly dead. Mostly dead. <laughs> what the I've fuck? just sucked 10 years of your life away. <laughs> Fuck off, you fucking liar. Liar. Oh, that's amazing. The more days that get in there, once you get past the four-day mark, it's, it's somebody sent me a ridiculous prayer request. They're like, well, you know, they've been dead for two years. Can we still go for it? And I said, I think this is a joke, but. Well, might as well. I mean, you're just fucking lying all the other times. Right. It's That's literally no more ridiculous you, than they've been dead for seven can, minutes. Can you bring Abe Lincoln back? Right. That's all we're asking. Can you bring Hitler back? Because I, I want to punch that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Biblically, you know, Lazarus was four days or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah, it's four it's days or whatever. I don't know. He's like, I fucking, know. I don't know. Anyway, he's I'm actually, basically Jesus. It's actually like 32 hours. Whatever. Who's counting? So uh, we could probably hit that max, but all joking aside, <clears throat> we really do pray for the dead to be raised. Literally. Literally. So. And what the fuck happens? Nothing. Because I've never fucking read a news article where somebody was, like, from a legitimate source, <laughs> right. where somebody was like, holy shit. 
there was this guy who died, and then this bearded fucking <laughs> full sleeve tattooed nutbag <laughs> prayed over him, and he came back to life. I've never read that article. Dude, we are gonna get so many emails from bearded tattooed guys being like, "I loved your show, and then I felt singled out." Look, here's the thing, dude. Just go to your fucking bearded safe place. It's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you guys. I just can't grow a beard. I'm just jealous. Yeah, I just can't grow tattoos. <laughs> Whenever we have opportunity, we at least go for it. Yeah, fuck it. Nothing to lose, bitches. May as well, may as well pray for ham to spring out of my ass. Stuff that corpse in that tent. I don't give a shit. I'll pray. Look, there's nothing to lose. I'll pray for fucking literally anything. I don't give a shit. If nothing happens, we bury him. So we do take prayer requests. Do you take him from the dead people? <laughs> you know, it's the thing. Like you were saying, like, man, what if we got this awesome news story about somebody... I'd like to talk to the guys. Like, I was dead for four days. That was fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, super weird. I was, like, alive. And then it's like, well, I'm dead yeah. for four days. You want to talk to the guy who's dead for more than a day. Yeah. Not the guy who's like, oh, I died for, like, a minute. And I then know. I saw Jesus. <laughs> and he gave me a big hug. And all my family was there. And we hugged and hugged and hugged. <laughs> I want to talk to the guy who's right. like, like I was dead for four days, and that's yeah. fucked up. <laughs> right, and they did fucking autopsy, <laughs> right? And they're like, they opened it up, and then they were like, fucking shock TD. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking put it in the formaldehyde, and fucking short round was there <laughs> like, like, oh, I did, I'm sorry, Mr. Jones is dead. <laughs> like, that's the guy I want to talk to. I want to meet the guy who's walking around, and he has no organs. Yeah. Like, it's just fucking, he's like, he's he's just just like fucking an old-timey mummy. <laughs> he's got to carry his organs around in like a busket next to him. You know, because here's the thing, man. If it's all fucking magic, what do you need your organs for? Don't anyway? need them anyway. Like yeah. it's like it's like saying like, well, uh, how does your sump pump work? Magic. Well, then why do you still have a sump pump? Yeah, you, know, you should uh, just have like a fucking like a trained unicorn. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like it's like it's like your heart's a water pump, right? Basically, it's just a fucking meat pump. So it's like, well, uh, that thing we don't need it. Magical fix it. Well, then fucking, I literally actually don't need it. Yeah. Rip that fucker out and resurrect me, bitch. <laughs> No, no, it didn't work this time. Oh, it turns out we're just mechanics. Wah, wah. Oh, I feel super sad, Beardy McBeardison. <laughs> if I go buy some more flannel, hip de doo. <laughs> when people die, they call us or they email us and we pray. Will they text messages? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, if I can like send these people, us a message on these Twitter. People are like, oh, my fucking <laughs> loved one died. And then these assholes pray over him and nothing happened. Nothing at all. Nothing. I'm going to fucking break like my fucking dad dies. I'm like, oh, I'm real sad. Here's my dad. Can you pray over maybe come back? No. No, it turns out it's not fucking magic. You know, well, let's send him to Africa first. First, you got to send him to gotta Africa. You got to send him in Africa and put him in his Ebola tent, and then he comes back to life. And then if nothing happens, we bury him. But we've had, we've prayed for probably a thousand resurrections. Literally. And uh, we've had 35 resurrections of the dead. Testimonies of people raised from the dead. I, I can't, dude. I'm out of I'm out of the thing that I need to do this. 35 resurrections. resurrections from the dead. 35. This is the first time I'm hearing about it, big guy. Yeah. First time I'm hearing about your resurrections. He's got a 3.5%. This guy's so fat he hasn't had 35 erections. <laughs> Allah Akbar Akbar Allah Akbar Allah Hu Akbar, just little Allah. Thank you, Chicago. This story comes from Right Wing Watch. 
Uh, activist warns foreclosed homes will soon house 100 million Muslim refugees. This is going to be fucking amazing. This is going to be a guy who does not understand how foreclosure works. Limpkin Biscuit. Here we go. <laughs> Avi Limpkin. Now we see millions of Muslims fleeing the Middle East. Muslims? Wait, Muslims? We got the millions of Muslims. Where the Muslims at? Somebody misplaced my Muslims. <laughs> Muslims? It's fucking Muslims, you stupid shithead. Where's the Owen? <laughs> you know what? This is like fucking those assholes. are like, oh, we're having spaghetti. Paschetti. Get right. some muscacholi. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck you. Don't use letters that aren't in the word. Don't do that. Fucking makes me so mad. I just, we'll just pronounce other shit for no reason. Muslims. Fuck off. No, We're going to go to the musk. <laughs> the Muslims are at the musk. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. Fuck you. And I predict we will be seeing 50 to 100 million Muslims coming to the U.S. imminently. Sure, fuck it. Whatever. If I predict 100 million. 100 million. How are they going to get here? Are they going to form a land bridge? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? It's a, it's a quarter of the population of the United States are just going to be like, hey, man, we just want to stay here. I do it. Wait, wait, wait. 25% of yeah, the fuck they're off. they're going to let 100 million people in here. Sure. Are you shitting me? It's fucking ridiculous. 50 to 100 million? Yes. Dude, the whole population of Syria is 22 million people. Even on his low end, it'd be every single person, not just the refugees, all of Syria is just like, They're, we're it, all just leaving at the same it time. It would be multiple nations full of people would right. have to come here. Yeah, they'd be like, fuck it, we're out. Peace. <laughs> the whole Middle East is now uh, emptying out. God has destroyed Syria. God has destroyed Iraq. Israel faces no more enemies at this time. Wow, fucking good for Israel. Israel's got to be like, whoa, look at us go. We also weren't at war with Iraq or Syria. God destroyed Syria and Iraq? Yeah, he did. Didn't you notice that? I missed it. Yeah. Probably missed it because it didn't happen. I, missed it. I definitely missed the Iraq one. I, yeah. mean, like, and I, I mean, I guess if you could blame barrel bombs on God. Yeah. It, no, I mean, it's God destroyed Syria and Iraq, and that's why there's no more fighting, because it's over. Huh. Because God won. Huh. It was God versus Syria. Oh. God won. Is there going to be a grudge match? Syria zero. Yes. 50 million Muslims coming to America? Right. No. It's pronounced Muslims. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not 50 million Muslims, bro. It's 50 million Muslims. <laughs> and Muslims are very different than Muslims. Sure, they're all coming to America on little boats. Sure. Coming to America as princes. We haven't seen Egypt. We haven't seen Turkey. We haven't seen Iran being destroyed yet. That's an invasion. Yeah, it's an invasion. And they will use Agenda 21 to confiscate land to prepare for Islam pure Islamic cities throughout the United States. Yeah, that's going to happen. The fuck is Agenda 21? Uh, who cares, right? It's, a, it's some fucking garbage asked, that he just care. made up. Who cares, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, is like... like Dude, that's so perfect. The thing is, is like, they're going to... they're gonna, Nobody's... Fucking if Texas can't secede... Then right. fucking nothing's gonna happen. You're never gonna have that happen. I don't care what city you're gonna have that's gonna be like, hey, we're not part of the United States anymore. They'll be like, bro, um, uh, I don't know if you knew where you were when Look you around. when you made that choice, but uh, you're part of the United States. And if you say no, we're either gonna put you all in a jail, or you know what, we might even just skip the whole thing and just shoot all of you. Yeah. I Nobody, there's not going to be an invasion 
of America by a bunch of fucking Muslims who are coming over from Egypt. From Mosul. What are you talking about? We're just making this nonsense up. This isn't happening. It's not happening. It's not going to happen. People don't want... The other thing is, like, it's so fucking self-centered and narcissistic to, to think that, like, people just want to leave their home. Like, the people are just like... Well, I'll just give up everything that's fucking mine and every place I lived and my friends and my family. Here I come, America! I'm just going to go across to America where nobody likes me and then I'm going to try to set up fucking weird separate government in a weird little fucking Islamic Mayberry. No one's doing that. No one will ever fucking do it. Yeah. It's a fucking... This is the sort of like nonsensical hate-filled pipe dream that these xenophobes make up in order to generate... Like weird bad feelings, so we can all look at people with brown skin and be like, "Ew, those guys." It's garbage. Have you have you thought about the fact that, and we're down less than two minutes, because the Federal Reserve Bank is holding the mortgages of most Americans, right? Indirectly, yeah. Federal Reserve Bank is holding the mortgages of most Americans. Does that make sense to you? No, that's not even true. Okay, that's blatantly just that's just fucking made up. The Federal Reserve Bank doesn't hold mortgages. It holds... I, I don't believe the Federal Reserve Bank holds any mortgages that I'm aware of. Mortgages are typically backed by Fannie or Freddie, which are quasi-governmental agencies, but being backed by Fannie or Freddie is not the same thing as being held by the Federal Reserve Bank. That's just not a true. And we have millions of foreclosed homes in the United States. Muslims will buy them all up. No, I think... I think the Federal Reserve will give it to them. Or, or yeah, or, you know, I have heard of Muslim organizations buying houses for $1 or just paying the taxes on them. There, there are... What are you talking... Yes, look, okay, so there are, there are definitely organizations which... Uh, Detroit sells houses for a dollar, right? Like, Detroit's a goddamn shithole that nobody fucking wants sure, to live it's in. it's a godforsaken hellhole. It's basically fucking fucking fury road right, right. like it's yeah, fucking, exactly it's a mad max style apocalyptic nightmare that we call detroit so yes they have some they have sold homes certainly for a dollar and i mean you take it subject to whatever fucking liens are part of that and whatever also the, no water yeah i mean but yeah. they're gar it's garbage land right yeah. it's it's land that's actually you gotta you gotta knock the fucking you know crack whores out of the goddamn house. It's a burnt down shell of a home, sure, in a goddamn nightmare apocalyptic scenario. So they're sold by a, for a fucking dollar because they're literally actually worthless. There are genuinely other homes that are sold for the value of their taxes because when you don't pay your taxes, your taxes go to sale. A tax buyer buys those taxes and obtains your property through tax deed. None of that shit is the same thing as the government owns your house and gives it to Muslims. None of that shit is true. Tax buyers are the meanest people ever. All they want to do is take your house and sell it for as... They want to buy it as cheap as possible and sell it for as much as possible. They're the meanest possible people. They're not like, oh, you're Muslim? Give me a dollar. I'll give you a house. Swallowing everything up because you're going to have... Uh, the American dollar will not collapse. The American economy will not collapse because you're going to have a building boom, a housing boom. And this is always the greatest motor for economic development for any country in the world. You're going to be building homes for 50 to 100 million people. You don't need a housing boom if you're giving away houses to Muslims. That's not how a boom would work. If I gave away 100 million houses, that's not a housing boom. All that does is devalue all of the other homes in the area 
Because you, you home values are determined by compar- comparative value, exactly. right? Well, if, a, if, a, so, if a fucking home in my condo sells for the foreclosure price, I'm fucked. Right. It fucks me. It's like, That's oh. That's not a boon. Hey, let me let me check the comps in your area. Uh, One dollar, one dollar, one dollar. Bro, turns out your house is worth about a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <coughs> Can you find me a Muslim buyer? <laughs> <laughs> So we have David Smalley back, and we would like to talk to David Smalley about some politics stuff because we know that he gets into a lot of uh, debates with Christians and things like that on his show. And maybe he—I know that he has outlets, and he does do this on occasion. But you know, we wanted to invite you on and talk a little bit about about politics, especially because the GOP, uh, the GOP, um, what do they call that debate? Just happened very recently. Yeah, yesterday, right? Yesterday, I, heard, I didn't watch. Did you watch yeah, it? I watched it. Um, but uh, but I'd like to get your thoughts on on the sort of the GOP ticket and possibly on the on the Democratic ticket. I know you're from Texas, so you probably love somebody from Texas, right? Do they even get Democratic debates down there? Can no, you, you can't. It? You can't you have watch to get it on it. like no, satellite yeah. or something. You have to watch it on the deep web down there. <laughs> I think <laughs> we, we have to go to a Swedish website to see anything Hillary says. It's, like it's it's actually you'd be better off watching like butt fucking child porn. <laughs> You're like oh watching God. like a Democrat. They, they arrest you and you have two terabytes worth of Democratic right? debates it's like, on it's your like, hard you're drive. Like banging on your doors, like, sir, <laughs> sir, are you watching Hillary Clinton? No, I wasn't watching. I was just fapping guys, this bestiality guys, porn. Everybody knows they only play the child porn in the subway. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, eat sir. Fresh, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, so so look, um, a lot of people are shocked, especially. Um, cackling clowns from the Midwest uh, are, are shocked to learn that, that a oh, lot of. Hey! <laughs> do you remember his? Hold on, before he. Do you remember when he was making fun of us talking about the cloud car? You should see that on video. It's hilarious. Oh, I gotta watch it. He freaks his shit out. It's so funny That's when awesome. he's you know, making I, fun I, of I us. And he's like, he's like, That's amazing. Hey, I did it again. I did it again uh, on this past show yesterday. On, oh, did the, you? Yeah. I yeah, did it I don't again. listen, so I was. Yeah, just, I know. <laughs> I know, because we just had an entire episode about the GOP debate. You, a lot of people would be surprised. When you look at Texas voting map, the counties, where all the people are, it's liberal. It's blue. Dallas County is always blue. What? Uh, San, San Antonio is blue. Houston is blue. Austin is blue. No, I've been to Houston. Houston is fucking brown nope. and nope. stinky. Oh, God. Dude, Houston is Houston is on a voting some map, on a voting other map. horrifying color. Stay with me on a voting right. map. <laughs> and then the entire southern uh, border uh, is right there on the Gulf. It's all blue. So what makes Texas red are these like redneck areas in between like Midland and Odessa and Abilene and Lubbock and, and the places that a lot Jesus, of people don't really think about. those all sound post-apocalyptic. <laughs> all of them sound like, like, like we're like, it's, it sounds like, like the middle of a fucking bad fucking Robert McCammon novel like oh we're going to Odessa it's a 350 <laughs> pages later something like, like a nuclear bomb blows up it's ridiculous it's that kind of what it looks real. like that's kind of what it looks like it's yeah, all it's... pig farms do the pigs vote 
I'm telling you, that's that's the problem with it. That's the problem with it. Th- those those people look th- that is that is Fox News territory. They get three channels out there. It's Sesame Street, Fox News, and Fox News. That's basically what they're what they're fed out there. So, so I ain't one of them high class the, Sesame Street watchers. <laughs> the actual county, the actual county that I live in, Dallas County. It was blue uh, both years for Obama's election. I mean, we you know, we, we vote Democratic in these in these uh, in these counties. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I am I am the... amazed by that because how can the major metropolitan areas? I mean, I I know I know that Texas is just ridiculously massive and the population is just spread out among fucking desert arid wasteland after desert arid wasteland. But the metropolitan areas should crush it. Look at it this way: if you take the entire United States. You you can draw a correlation between religiosity and a lack of education, sure. and the more money and the more education people have, the, the less religious they tend to be. That's just a, a statement of fact. It's not trying sure. to insult sure. anyone. Right. Well, if you take the state of Texas, it's so huge, it's kind of sort of this little microcosm of the United States, where the money is, where the high-paying jobs are, where the dense populations are, the higher the education, the higher the money, the less religious, the more liberal. That's None just of that the explains Houston being liberal, though. I mean, yeah, Houston's fucking yeah. horrifying. It's disgusting. There can't Houston, be anybody Houston with a fucking has... high school diploma there. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry. Houston, actually, I believe Houston has a lesbian mayor. I think. Didn't they, didn't they just pass a... I thought it was Houston where they just passed, like, a a bathroom bill or something. Didn't they pass some kind of bathroom bill in Texas somewhere? Mm, there was one up, I think, but I don't know. Oh, there was something that just for passed. The, uh, and I, you mean for the because all the fucking preachers were ejaculating about it recently, and I yeah, it was what. Houston. Yeah, it was yeah. Houston. What, do you yeah. do you have it in front of you, Tom? Yeah, it was the so-called bathroom bill. It was uh, Prop One in Houston. So and did it pass? I don't know. It kind of doesn't matter because all of Houston is a bathroom. <laughs> like you just, you just you just piss out in the fucking open, and nobody would even notice. It's yeah, a so- god. The whole city is a fucking open sewer. <laughs> It's a disgusting. <laughs> I mean, it's like to, one of the. It's like one of the largest cities in the United States. It's got its. It's got its good and bad, just like L.A. or any giant city. I mean, oh, it's it's got its good and bad. But when people think Texas, you don't think liberal lesbian mayor. But we have true. one. Yeah, we have one. Her name is Anise Parker. Have you two been actually following the GOP debate? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been following it uh, as closely as as my uh, as my. Um, as the food in my stomach will allow, right? Yeah. Uh, because it's 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 one of these things like uh, they have this narrative, at least on the on the on the right, where it's we need more protections against uh, against outside threats, but we're totally cool with inside threats. And it's and they and there's this huge cognitive dissonance that just rubs across the entire group of uh, of GOP primary candidates that I just I it's hard for me to stomach when I watch I just can't I can't imagine them the they'll say one thing and in the very next breath say something else that c- completely contradicts what what I would imagine would be a logically consistent standpoint. Oh, it happens. I, I missed happens the last the one, time. but I've listened to all of the other debates. I never watched this them. one. This one was probably the, the most uh, jaw drop. Had had a few of the most jaw dropping moments ever. Uh, did you happen to catch when Ben Carson was talking about killing children? Uh, you know, I missed that, but I saw I a headline about, about it. it. Let, let yeah. us know. I, I have the I have the audio. If you want to hear, oh, it. Right. I'd love to hear. Fucking it. hit us up. All right. People admire and respect and are inspired by your life story, your kindness, your evangelical core support. We're talking about ruthless things tonight. Carpet bombing, toughness, war. And people wonder, 
Could you do that? Could you order airstrikes that would kill innocent children by not the scores, but the hundreds and the thousands? Could you wage war as a commander in chief? Well, interestingly enough, you should see the eyes of some of those children when I say to them, we're going to have to open your head up and take out this tumor. They're not happy about it, believe me. And they don't like me very much at that point. But later on, you know, they really realize what's going on. And by the same token, you have to be able to look at the big picture and understand that it's actually merciful if you go ahead and finish the job rather than death by a thousand pricks. Or a, sing by a, thousand death by a single prick, I guess right? would be what I would Can go with. Can you believe but... that? He, yeah. When someone has a worldview like that, that it, it's not a death, it's a transformation to being an from an innocent child to an innocent angel in heaven with Jesus. He doesn't care about wiping an entire people off the face of the planet. He's, That's why I think someone's faith matters when they're getting into office. Hell yeah, it matters. Because what he's saying is, from, from the Christian perspective, especially if you're a fundamentalist, if you... If you have to kill an entire group of people and innocent children die, it's actually merciful to just finish the job. How disgusting is that? It sounds like a Band-Aid, sort of like the Band-Aid mentality. They like pull the Band-Aid off fast, kill a few people, and then... Well, right. Well, think about it. From an atheist perspective, we would never say finish the job because there's nothing for that child in the afterlife. Right. We know that we want to preserve the life, the only life we do have. The only thing making him okay with saying, uh, finish the job, just kill them, is because he believes in eternal life. And if you're below the age of accountability, you go from being in Syrian hell to immediately being in heaven. I think you have a clip that you play on your show where you talk, I think it's uh, Ricky Gervais who says, you know, atheists have everything to live for and nothing to die for. Absolutely. You yep. know, and I think that that's that's one of the things that people don't understand. That people that people it goes right over their head is they don't they miss that part. They think, oh well, if you're an atheist, well, what do you have to live for? Well, I have everything to live for. I'm a lucky bag of molecules. I'm super yep. happy being here, and I like the living stuff I do. Right. It's just I don't have anything to die for. There's nothing, and we talk about this. Tom and I talk about this all the time about these people who blow themselves up or who you know run on suicide missions and kill themselves. I there's nothing I can think of that would let that would lead me down that path. But it, but except for religion, you know, religion is the only thing that I can think of that would lead someone down the path of being like, oh well, I won't, I'm totally willing to kill myself. You know, I think to me when I when I heard that Ben Carson clip, what I what I was hearing is a jab at Obama, right? You know, it's it's a it's a pulled out before the job was done jab at Obama. And that's that's what I heard in that clip. I didn't really hear Oh a, no, I I a, a actually backward. completely completely disagree with that. I think what he's saying is finish the job, basically kill them because that's what the question was was about. Could you kill children? He said I think it's actually more merciful to just finish the job. He compared it with brain surgery. As a matter of fact, one of the pastors that I have on my show a lot actually sent me a message and was like, that made me sick to my stomach. That was horrible that he would use his faith to justify it. And you're right. He didn't actually mention it, just like Rick Santorum didn't mention his faith is the reason he doesn't think women should be in combat. But ultimately, that's what drives these guys' platforms, right? Is their, sure. their male dominance... Um, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah, it's, yeah. All, it's all hidden in the background, right? Because you you can't be Ben Carson and be divorced from your faith, right? And I think that's genuinely problematic, is that these guys have no ability to compartmentalize their faith 
from the rest of their decision making. I would have, I really wouldn't have any issue if somebody was like, yeah, I fucking go, you know, I, I mean, I show up to church and, you know, it'd be nice if this were true and fine. But really, I can set all that shit aside and, and it really doesn't affect my decision making because, you know, at the end of the day, I make my decisions using this different rubric, right? I use my, I make my decisions using this different set of tools. And, and those are the tools over there that I reserve for these big metaphysical existential questions. And at the end of the day, you know, they don't, they don't, there's, there's a hard line that I draw between reality and fiction is what I, I would say. But, you know, they would probably say, you know, metaphysical and, and the physical. The problem with the Ben Carsons of the world is they, they don't seem to have a line between the physical and metaphysical. And they use the same set of tools to understand both worlds. And that shit is terrifying to me. That's the scary part is that we're going to have somebody with their you know, proverbial finger on the button with the ability to go to war, with the ability to, I mean, I mean Congress can only wage war, but these guys can, can launch nuclear attacks and do all kinds of stuff. And they believe in an afterlife. You know, what you were what you were sort of positing there is Kennedy's position. He's like, look, I'm Catholic, but, you know, the Catholic Church doesn't run me. I'm going to be governed, you know, by the people and I'm not going to use my my faith to 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 run my politics. That's what that's what we're hoping for. And I think, you know, Obama's kind of leaning that same direction, too. Um, But I could never hear a a Bernie Sanders say something like, well, you know, uh, the merciful thing to do is is to to finish the job. I got to tell you, sometimes. Hillary does more God talk than some of the Republicans, and that scares me. That worries me a little. I don't know if she's just pandering to a base or if she's really buying into that, but she, she gets she gets pretty religious in, in, in most of her talks when it's not even really necessary. Let's talk about Trump for a second, because we talked about how scary Ben Carson is. Let's talk about Trump. Now, somebody on our show recently said, uh, this was Eli Bosnick was talking about Trump, and he had said that, when people wonder where Trump comes from, they always they always look and say, where the hell does this guy come from? How does this guy have this many people who are supporting him? And his comment was, Trump is the reflection of America. It is that. Trump's, Trump, when you look in the mirror as an American, you should be seeing at least part of Trump in your face somehow because it, there's just this idea that- My he face all, isn't that wide. <laughs> your face is that wide. All right, who are you there. kidding? Yeah, all right. But in any case, <laughs> there's this idea that, that you know, we are, you know, we are sort of Trump. And, and I had said it on another show that, that uh, you know, Trump is America's id. He's, he's, the, he's the worst parts of us, the most reactionary parts of us. Um, what do you think about Trump in comparison to Ben Carson? I think uh, you're pretty spot on with that. Uh, when I first started hearing Trump, I, like everyone else, I thought he was a joke. I thought it was all laughter. I thought he was all Poe. Um, the more he gained in the polls and the, when he would say the crazier stuff and he would go up in the polls, then I started thinking, you know, he's, he's been friends with, with Bill and Hillary for years. Is this on purpose? Like, is he trying to really screw the Republican party? And that thought actually crossed my mind at one point. And now when I look at him, there's so much sincerity on his screwed up face that I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm officially terrified of this guy. Like, it actually worries me. And I think that's it. Look, people in this country like to think that something was taken from them. They like to feel like, man, I would have been successful if only this bastard didn't stop me, whoever it right. is. Yeah, it's that's usually the government, whole, right? Yeah, thanks, Obama. That's right. where all that yeah. came from, you know? Right. And so so they like to think, man, I could be a billionaire too if Obama wasn't in my way. And so Trump sort of brings with him this idea that, 
you know what? We can make America great again. You can be a billionaire like me. Just put me in office and get this jackass out of the way. And crazy enough, the people who haven't really been paying attention to politics or only watch Fox News and never fact check anything, they're really getting riled up because it's that's sort of the sentiment of people who were kind of ignorant about how things actually work. And sadly enough and scary enough, it's working for him. You know, I I, I got to say, like, you know, the part of what he what he seems to be playing into is this. And I, I know I've talked about this a lot, but it makes me fucking wild. He's playing into this idea that people have where they want to be they want to be the underdog. They want to be the victim. Even that phrase, let's make America great again. It implies that America is not great now. Right. But I'm sitting in a fucking climate-controlled room with a fucking big, giant, fat belly and a fucking glass of whiskey next to me. You know, like, America's not Somalia, right? Like, we, it's, it's, it's not... There are ups and downs. There are fluctuations in, in any nation's uh, history and in any nation's, uh, you know, trajectory in terms of its position as an economic and world power. And this idea that, like, we're on this grand downslope... There is a narrative that they play into on the right that's that tries to really sell America on America's misfortune, that tries to sell America on its position as some kind of global victim or one step away from some kind of national Armageddon. And it's this sort of like hyper pathetic bullshit that it's. It's so funny because it is antithetical to their bootstrap mentality, right? That any man can be great if he only tries, and yet America is shit on the heel of the everyman. And it, that, those, that conflict is so evident, and it's such nonsense, and it's, it's at the heart of Trump's appeal, Oh, absolutely. I mean, Napoleon Bonaparte said religion is great stuff for keeping common people quiet. Well, why is that? Why is religion great for keeping common people quiet? Because of the fear aspect. So these Republicans know exactly how to get people to do what you want them to do. And it's whether it's religion, whether it's the GOP model, whether it's Trump or, or Rand Paul, it doesn't matter. It's fear mongering. That entire debate centered around terrorism, terrorism, and then terrorism and a little bit of Vladimir Putin and back to terrorism. I mean, it's all about, yeah. I will keep your family safe. I will be tougher on the terrorists. I will carpet bomb. I'll blow the shit out of them. I'll explode. The, I'll kill their families. It's like they're running to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, for God's sakes. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. It's not, we need, and the crazy part about it is Jeb Bush kind of looks around at everybody and goes, uh, guys, we don't need a commando. We need a leader. And he gets ignored on the stage. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. weird right. to me. Well, they, they constantly attack Obama for this sort of same same sort of thing. They say, well, what we need in there is a strong warrior. And you're like, you don't need a warrior. You need a delegator. If you're really going to go to war, you need somebody who's going to be able to delegate that power to people who can actually do the job. Not, you know, we're not, uh, Obama's not going to repel into the middle of a, a, a group of people in Afghanistan and shoot a bunch of people with an M60 Rambo style. Like, it's not going to happen. You just have to, what you have to look at it, you'll be like, okay, well, can he 
delegate? Can he figure out how to handle this sort of thing? And nobody understands that. People are electing personalities. They're not electing people for a job anymore, for a job that requires a lot of shit to do. Instead, they're just like, well, who's going to be the best person to represent America? It's like America's, it's like a beauty pageant nowadays. Well, I'm the guy that can do that. I built a great company. It's worth billions of dollars. <laughs> That's exactly what he goes to every time. Yeah. I mean, anytime we're like, well, who can who can get our... They, they keep acting like our economy is is in the shithole. It's not. Yeah, right. right. Our economy is kind of in the glory hole. It's kind yeah, of awesome. I know. No kidding, right? It's That's, that's what I mean about this rush to victimhood, though, right? Because, like, there's no narrative that sells that says everything's humming along pretty nicely, actually. Like, they can't sell that shit. They don't have anything. They have, they have no idea what to do with, hey, man, things are better than they were eight years ago. Let's continue that trend. Right? I mean, that doesn't work for them. Instead, no, they have to tell you, like, it's the fucking road. We're what fucking, we're 21 days away from eating babies. Like, that's, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Exactly. I mean, look, you know. I think it was Bill Maher who had that whole line where he was like, Republicans keep saying they want to take America back. Uh, what exactly, which back would you like to go to? And then he lists all these quick stats, right, about how shitty it was when Bush was in office and how much better everything is now. But the Republicans will attack Hillary and go, well, if you elect her, it's going to be four more years of Obama. And I'm like, Bring that shit on. Right. What's okay. wrong with four more years of Obama? Fine, let's go. No, I don't agree with everything the guy did, but I'm not going to agree with everything anybody does. But it's been a hell of a lot better these last eight years or last, last seven years than it was with Bush in office. What do you think of the Democratic sign, David? I personally, uh, my preference is Bernie Sanders. I'm going to get behind whoever the, the nominee is. But whenever I go vote, I'm a registered Democrat. Whenever I go vote in the primary, I'm, I'm, putting, I'm putting my vote toward Bernie. Yeah, um, he he's not the best on foreign policy, uh, but I like where he's going with education. I like where he's going with the prison reform. That's something that's really important. Oh, to me I know is, is, is yeah. re redoing our our our, uh, our corrections. We got to kill those poor for profit prisons. That's absolutely the, absolutely abhorrent. It's abhorrent that that happens. Yep. <clears throat> that's huge for me. And the um, getting the money out of politics, which incidentally Trump agrees with Bernie Sanders on. Let's let's not forget that. Right, so, that's true. Well, that's Trump, true. Trump for a long time was looked at as a secret Democrat. Like, let's not. I mean, I know you alluded to this earlier. He he has been friends of the Clintons. He has, you know, the, the the Republican. He's not always been a loyal Republican, and the Republicans are terrified of him because he's for single payer health care. He's mm -hmm. he actually is more center on a lot of issues than than the right would even like to suggest. Um, and it's it's. It's confusing in that way. And he was looked at when he initially ran, began the ticket as as kind of this dark horse yeah. candidate, like the almost like a Manchurian candidate. Yeah. No, definitely not dark. Right? Let's not bring yeah, not dark, dark into this. Yeah. Like no. a super pale horse. Yeah, very pale like horse. Like a pale to paid yeah. horse. Exactly. Yeah. Like a My Little Pony sort of thing. <laughs> With the thing. It's like he's a brony. A, it's a got brony. the thing hanging off the side. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. David. We want to we want to thank you for coming on, but we also want to congratulate you one more time for uh, organizing that much charity to go to Secular Student Alliance. It's great work you do. I know you that you you pass it off, but you and your team really did a hell of a lot of work for that, and we want to we want to congratulate you. And to do that with only forty eight volunteers, I mean, <laughs> my God, man! Imagine what you could do with forty nine. It's just outstanding. It's just. 
It's amazing. Well, th- thank you guys so much for being a part of it, and and to everybody everybody who who chipped in and, and helped with that, man. It was it was it was overwhelming to watch it happen. I'm a fan of the listener as they're building and building and growing and making this thing happen. We we put some work out there. We 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 laid some groundwork, but again, we would have not been able to do that alone. Uh, or or without any of the listeners. So, absolutely. You know, our yeah, hats man, off absolutely. to everybody Same here, man. Who, who took yeah. part in it. Right out to the listeners. And I just want to mention, too, you know, I know you have us on, say, every year, but, you know, if you wanted to have us on before the end of the year, you know, we're we're available a lot. I'm just saying, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, like, guys, I'm getting a really bad connection now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I'll tell you when you'll have us on. When we fly to Dallas... <laughs> The words I could teach your eleven-year-old oh. daughter. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, I bet. <laughs> hey guys, What's thanks for fisting, having me, on. Daddy. <laughs> oh god, I got, I'm, I'm out of here. Dude, you're, you're like it's hour twenty-three, and the cognitive dissonance guys are just watching tentacle porn. They're just, they're just, they brought their own sixty-three-inch TV. They're just watching tentacle porn with my daughter. Oh, that's amazing. Oh. David, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate awesome. it. Awesome, thanks, hey, man. Thanks. It's, it's. I would say it's always a pleasure, but I'd be lying. <laughs> So we want to thank our most current patrons, Jeff, Chris, Katie, Joe, Rosie, David, Steve, and Crunchy Frog. Thank you, O, so very much for all your generous donations. This last week, we just had David Smalley on, and as you know, uh, we not only uh, helped raise uh, $5,300, $500 of that was uh, show money uh, that went to Secular Student Alliance, but we also gave $5,000 to... Doctors Without Borders that couldn't have been done without the help of our patrons. You know, you're the ones who make this happen. And so we're, we're just so overjoyed that uh, that people will give us their hard-earned dollars. And we hope uh, that we can pass that on to other people. And in this case, we did. We passed, you know, $500 on to Secular Student Alliance and, and $5,000 to Doctors Without Borders. And we're hoping to, to do even more this upcoming year in 2016. So... Last week's show was called Take My Boy. It turns out I spoiler alert the wrong thing. Um, oh. It's Take My Girl. So, <laughs> Oh, did you really? I've never fucking seen it. Yeah, but in any case, um, Take My Girl was the thing. But, uh, it, you know, the thing is, is it's Take My Girl, but they all live happily ever after anyway. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, nope. I mean, the, the it's, whole. It's, it's all happily ever after. The Holocaust is really just basically, a giant love story. Basically, it's, it's like they all live happily ever after. Game of Thrones style. <laughs> it's like, it's a nice day for a red wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I messed up last week and I missed this submission. And it's so good. It's one of the Jim Baker submissions. I missed it. It's Kevin's. I'm very sorry we missed it. But uh, but here's, his, here's Kevin's Jim Baker submission. I admitted that I've had... Uh, 15 to 20 minutes homosexual relationship. After I got out of prison, I was having a rub down uh, in a locker room where there was naked uh, men. Start out at the top. I want them to get bigger and bigger. Keep keeping <laughs> on top of me. Gave him a homosexual look. And I know he did because I was standing right next to him. Really, I'm guilty of everything that I'm accused of. That's awesome. That is outstanding. It's outstanding. Awesome. If I would have heard that last week, it probably would have been a winner. I'm That's very terrific. sorry. Very sorry, Kevin. But it turned out great. This upcoming week, 
We're going to be on. Uh, we're going to be opening up the show, the Atheist Apocalypse show. So, uh, so tune into the Atheist Apocalypse this week. Um, they're going to be starting out the show with our bumper. So, yeah, isn't uh, that crazy? I think that's great. That's great. We got a message. <laughs> this is from uh, Duff. And Duff says, given all the fat jokes, you totally missed an opportunity when Tom said he would bust through the wall, the drywall. I missed the opportunity of saying, yeah, but you wouldn't have fit because the studs are 16 inches center. center. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome. That is a great joke. I'd break through the fucking studs if I need to. I don't give a shit. That building's on fire. Yeah. I'll knock that fucking building down. <laughs> so we got a message from a lot of different people last week. Uh, we received a, a message at the beginning of the show, uh, and I played it, and it was from someone who uh, who wanted to let us know that Jesus abolished all the old laws. We got a ton of messages from people that said, no, that's not how that works. So um, uh, I'll let you all fight about that. Yeah, I know. I right? just played like, it because it, it was a clear voicemail. I don't. <laughs> somebody asked us on Twitter, they're like, you need to vet your emails, your voicemails better. I don't vet them. I don't even, I don't, I don't. Fact check the voicemails. Dude, it's I just about play them if they're. Radio, right? I just play them if they if they are clear. Right. So I don't care. I don't care as much. So uh, if they're clear and they're short, they probably get played. We got an interesting message about training for police officers, Tom. We did. I th I thought this was very interesting. So um, you know, the the nutshell version of this email is that in the UK, um, they do this crazy shit. Um, it, they they train their police. Wow. I know. Like. like for like a long time. Um, and, you know, in this in this email, uh, she says, I have a couple of good friends in the UK. More than once, they've told me that compared to officers there, police in the US are terrifyingly poorly trained. About a year ago, I found a page where a retired officer from the Reno Police Department answered a posted question. How do UK police compare to US police? He goes quite in-depth into the difference in things like training, command structure, and duties. One of the things that really blew me away was a video that included showing a UK officer taking their pursuit, pursuit driver final exam, where they must drive through open public roadways at speed for 20 to 30 miles, all while giving their instructor a verbal play-by-play -play of what they're doing and why. The retired officer notes, and I have to agree, the fact that the British even tolerate this is a testimonial to the level of confidence and support they have for their police. This is just for the officer to be allowed to even be assigned a vehicle that can drive at sustained highway speeds, like the highway patrol has in the U.S. And she goes on to say, like, look, I mean, the difference is basically the U.K. is the size of a small postage stamp and is functionally irrelevant, whereas the United <laughs> States actually has some size to it and you can accelerate to 70 miles an hour before reaching the opposite end. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's interesting. We got a bunch of messages like this, though, and someone yeah. else had sent a message in and said that uh, that they that they were talking about how often people shoot themselves, like cops shoot themselves, because somebody had messaged. Yeah, we had right? talked about that last That's time. And they, thing. They're like, yeah, no, that happens all the time, and like the police officers, they have to like train them not to, to shoot, shoot themselves. themselves. So. Um, so yeah, you know, police training—that's a thing. Turns out, should be useful. Don't shoot yourself. The the fucking pointy end with the hole. Don't point that at the fleshy bits that are you. Wow. Well, uh, we are going to be. Uh, this is going to be no show this week except for this show, right? So there's going to be a Chris no Christmas show. We're not going to release on Thursday. So no, Merry right. Christmas to everybody. No, fuck that. Enjoy, have a shitty Christmas. Enjoy your Christmas. All right, you can have a good and, Christmas. Uh, and on 
the day after Christmas, we're going to be recording with Eli, Noah, and Heath, hopefully, as long as that stays through. And we're going to be going on a show called God Awful Movies. We are. So, it's going to be a lot of so fun. That should be a lot of fun. We had a blast recording with Eli. And of course, we love recording with Noah and Heath. Uh, they are great guys. And so we we really enjoy uh, recording with them. So that should be a good time. And we will, uh, we will hopefully uh, have a show that we will let you know about when it comes time. Dude. That means they got to watch a movie. Yeah, we totally have to watch a movie. Oh. And it's like a rapey movie, too. Oh, so. <laughs> what am I going to... How am I going to watch that? I don't even know how I'm going to get it. It's like a... It's not Isn't a... Isn't it netflix No, it's not Netflix. Is it YouTube's? Well, you got a netflix meaning DVD. I'm going to have to buy it somewhere. I don't Fuck, know. Yeah, what? I don't know. I got to buy it. I don't know. I'll get it, and maybe you could come over and watch it or something. I don't want to watch it at I all. I don't want to watch it at all either, but we're on the show. Why did we agree to this? <laughs> So anyway, uh, Merry Christmas. The day after Christmas, I got to watch a fucking Christian rapey movie? Oh, you'll probably have to watch it before Christmas. Maybe you could watch it Christmas night. In any case, we're going to leave you. you like we always do with... Where's my drink? Skeptic's Creed. <laughs> Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno-Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. 